right, hi, welcome to DC Cinematic Minute. My name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows with a Z at the end. Um, Nate? Uh, hey, I'm Nathan. Um, I, I also got social media stuff. Um, sh- should be on all of them. Um, I do have a new uh, social media uh, Instagram page opening up that has to do with my uh, toy photography. Yep, taking pictures of my toys. You can find that at Clutch Figures. Um, soon to be booming, so go ahead and check that out. And all right, uh, we are starting a mi- movies by minute podcast on the entire DC extended universe, um, and we're going to kick it off with uh, Man of Steel. Yep, so yep. we are starting off. I think we have 143 minutes to go. Yep, and we are starting with <laughs> minute number one today, and. Uh, so, should we just jump right into this? Yeah, why not? All righty. Go right so, in. So, minute number one of Man of Steel. It starts with some Kryptonian text flying by and turns out to be the Warner Brothers symbol. And then the minute ends um, with some blackness <laughs> and the sound of a woman crying as if in pain. There's a lot going on in this one. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this first minute. It's basically just company logos is the Warner Brothers logo, um, legendary logo falls after that, DC logo, and then Sin Copy, which is Nolan's production team. Mm-hmm. Um, this familiar. is the only film in the DC extended universe um, that Nolan helped produce. And this comes, this movie was made in 2013 and comes... After the success of the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, Dark Knight is not a part of DC Extended Universe in, forward as of now. Yeah, in case, so just in so case you, know. you didn't know. Yeah. Um, but let's see, The Dark Knight Rises, that was 2008? Or no, that was The Dark Knight. That was Dark Knight, 2010? No, oh, gosh, now we're going to look it up. When the Dark Knight Rises come out? Oh, my gosh. I think it came out 2011. Yeah, 11 well, sounds about right. Well, so Whatever. let's, I mean, let's talk about, like, how we got to this point. Because Man of Steel... If you think about it, is really Warner Brothers, like, I don't know, they've had so many attempts to um, try to reformulate Superman and the mythology that that is his universe. Um, everyone is, I mean, Christopher Reeves is a household name, mm-hmm. right? Everyone knows Christopher Reeves and the legacy of his Superman films and all of uh, Dick Donner's films. And it hits, really, a, it hits us, what? It just really was, like, at the time, that was, I mean, that, still, to some, most people, to it is most still people, the peak he is of still, Superman, the embodiment of Superman. I he mean, is still but, you know, everyone's Superman. It's true. Um, and then it hits a stale point. And in the late 90s, they really wanted to revamp and reimagine the mythos of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, there was a movie in production called Superman Lives in production in 1998 and unfortunately that ended up being that, that ended up collapsing in, in, it, in itself. Pac-Man sounds. Yeah, and I've seen the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, uh, What Happened, and it, it was, honestly, 
It was a crazy film. Yeah, it, it was. It's just I out there. I would have loved to seen it, but oh yeah, no doubt it would have been I, great to watch. I think <laughs> it was. It was such a one eighty that maybe the world wasn't ready for it. Uh huh. And what what in what we got instead was the two thousand six Superman Returns, mm-hmm. with, Brandon Routh. Yeah, directed by Brian Singer, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, that was um, when you talk about trying to reboot a franchise. Yeah. Superman Lives wanted to take risks, but Superman Returns didn't take any risks. Yeah, they played it really safe. And you can look at cer- certain films like Star Wars Rogue One, and those are films that, like, want, like, what Disney's doing with Star Wars right now, they want to do what people love in the Star Wars universe, but they also want to try new things. So I think Disney finds a great balance in not risking too much, not playing too safe either, and they find the right blend of of how to reboot a franchise for a new audience. Yeah, I mean, they had already said, you know, like, uh, Batman worked, so, uh, you know, and then they go into Superman Returns, and, and Superman Returns was, was great, and, you know, they said that worked, so they're going to try to stick to a certain way of uh, portraying the character. I mean, he was always this bright, sunshiny boy scout to come to save the day at the end and, and you know, rescue the damsel in distress. It, it was, it's just storybook, you know, and uh, it's it's something that would have definitely pushed the uh, the uh, the expected of uh, so, what fans wanted. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I'm just going to say right off the bat that I'm a fan of Man of Steel, the whole DC Extended Universe and all that, and... I I think Superman Lives was going to be too risky and too out there, but I think Superman Returns at the same time was too safe and too bland and too boring. And yeah. I think the only great part about Superman Returns was that we finally got to see Kevin Spacey portray Lex Luthor, <laughs> which I think is probably the most entertaining part of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched agree. it the <laughs> other. I watched it like uh, two weeks ago, and, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, this. Is, I think we really missed out because Superman Returns didn't work, in my opinion, so Kevin Spacey no longer got to continue to portray Lex Luthor, which I think was a shame, but at least he got to do it. <laughs> it's true. So with that being said, let's talk about Legendary. Legendary is actually a young company when you think about film, films being produced. Mm-hmm. Um, Legendary was actually founded in 2000, and they didn't, make their, they didn't release their first feature film until 2005 which was the movie Batman Begins yep and I don't know if people have ever looked at Legendary's filmography but not only like I think beautiful work so many good films so many so many Uh, so Batman Begins was one I mean you obviously have the whole Dark Knight trilogy Mm -hmm. Um, you have the list just goes on and on and on you have like Trick or Treat yeah, which is a good uh, Halloween film, the movie 300, of course, all yep. of Zack Snyder films, mm-hmm, all of his, um, some uh, sync copy films from Nolan. So you got like Inception, mm-hmm. Sucker Punch is in there, all the, the Hangover trilogy, Interstellar Pacific, now, Pacific yeah. Rim, Pacific Rim, of course, yeah, uh, Godzilla, Jurassic World, like Legendary. It's only so if you think about all the films Legendary has put out, it's only released so many films in 12 years. In 12 years, like, almost, if you look at the whole filmography, like, everything's a hit, almost. Like, yeah. everything was, I mean, I, just looking at it now, like, there, you can 
randomly pick a film and it'd be enjoyable. You know, yeah, they, they they're did blockbusters, the, man. They uh, they did that movie Ninja Assassin. Yeah, dude, that, I love that movie. That movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I think usually when Legendary is on board to do a film, they're pretty okay with their directors taking risks. Yeah. In films, and it, it usually pays off. So usually when I'll go see a film that's done by Legendary for sure. Um, and then, so the third logo in the in our first minute is the DC logo. Obviously, Superman is a big part of DC, the company. Mm-hmm. We are talking about. I mean, he's figurehead. The first yeah. superhero yep. of all time. This is it. So it's a very important property that you can understand why DC wanted to play it safe sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because this, I mean, with Batman, they were like Batman got experimented to shit even but like with adam west before him like yeah every every incarnation of batman is so drastically different and they're and and they allow it and they're like you know you can go ahead and try different things with batman it's i mean it's just like a comic book it's it's a you know writers and artists have different visions of what they want to portray and and but when it comes definitely showing in their their film with these i mean dc in my opinion they're they're doing pretty good by me and then when it comes to superman they're just like only that. certain comic book writers have really been able to like evolve Superman, uh, like. Yeah, I've go only, on. <laughs> I'm listening. Read, you have read, my attention. You've read a lot of Superman. Oh yeah. I've read only a handful. I think I've honestly read All Star Superman. Oh, great! Book. I've read Superman for Tomorrow, which is my favorite. Superman. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I also read uh, what was the year one Superman year one by yeah. Jasinski. Yeah. Yeah, so Jamie I read that one. Amazing reincarnation, uh, especially during, I mean, with the second book there, directly relating to Man of Steel. I mean, it was, yeah. they're fantastic. It basically with how, was how they're, like how they're going the, with it. The, no, the graphic novelization of Man of Steel. Well, yeah, I mean, they were working with, um, uh, Straczynski was working with Snyder at the time when he was writing Man of Steel oh, to really? adapt it into a comic series, but not directly related to it. It was, you know, same, same-esque. He wanted to capture that that realism that Snyder definitely portrays that we're going to get into later on in this podcast, most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I think Man of Steel found the, the middle between Superman Returns and Superman Lives. I think it found, like, how to get into the crazy mythology of Krypton, mm-hmm. but also, like, here is, like, here is Superman. Like, here is that, that man that will be the world's first superhero yeah and really pay tribute to christopher reeve's portrayal of superman and and the superman we know and love but also be able to expand our knowledge of his mythology yeah absolutely so um and then after that the fourth and final logo that we get to see is sin copy which obviously we already talked about this is nolan giving Superman, the Dark Knight treatment of how to bring Superman into a hyper-realistic yep. world. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, the kicker to Dark Knight is that I'm um, now after the after you've seen him and everything, you really need to imagine that that Christopher Nolan Batman is the only superhero in all of existence in that world. Yeah, and like, in that it's, one. It's that kind of like realism where there is the guy down the street could just dress up in a fucking bat costume and go about you know beating criminals down and protecting clowns over in you know the the Midwest to how they're doing <laughs> or whatever they're doing over there. But you know what I mean? I'm. <clears throat> it's definitely um, an eye opener for uh, 
for Man of Steel and uh, and what Snyder's vision was for this movie. It's 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 brilliant. It yeah, really and I, I think that was part of the reason why it Superman. I mean, Man of Steel works. I think in multiple levels, but they definitely wanted to reintroduce Superman. Um, and I'm using a quote here, without regard to a Batman and any other Superman movie at all. Like mm-hmm. They wanted to start with a world that has never experienced any sort of metahuman like, event. They've never seen a man fly the sky. So in very the sky much like lasers in our own eyes. universe, like if we were introduced to a Superman. And I, I enjoy the concept, and I enjoy the, the fresh start with uh, a vivid imagination of the world of Krypton, which we're going to get into really quickly these, like, first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just another a few quick notes for this minute. Uh, movie, obviously, directed by Zack Snyder. He also directed Watchmen, directed 300, Sucker Punch. Um, I'm Dawn sure if you... Dead. If, yeah, his first film, the mm-hmm. remake, I actually... That's... I like that. It's a good movie. I hate to say it. <laughs> I'm going to get killed for this, but I re- that's my favorite zombie film. Is really? The 2004 oh, wow. Dawn of the Dead. That's, well, that's my favorite. Well, then. Well, I do like 28 Weeks Later. Yeah, uh, 28 Days is my favorite yeah, zombie the, movie. The, the, it, I mean, if not my series. favorite horror movie of yeah. all time. Like that. No, that's that, great. That is good stuff. Um, produce, uh, produced by multiple people, but most notably Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. He and David S. Goyer, who David Goyer wrote the screenplay for this movie as well, but they worked on the story and they were also uh, in cahoots for the whole Dark Knight trilogy. Yes. So good team to start with, having Zack Snyder on board and we're introduced, most of the actors in this film are pretty popular except Henry Cavill. Yeah, at the time. Like, like the main, the leading role in this film is mm-hmm. an actor who doesn't really, at the point in time, he didn't really have much. Nope. So... Definitely not a breakaway role like this. Yeah, well, I think his first notable role was Immortals. Yeah. And I think that's what led to him starring in this film. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, you know, here comes Henry Cavill, hot off Immortals, and now he is the leading role, and he is our Superman now. And it's it's a crazy jump, but I, I think he does a excellent job as Superman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll say that right I mean, there. People will, will hate me for this, but he, he's my favorite. He's the best, in my opinion, so far. He's he's amazing. I mean, everybody loves Christopher Reeve. He is. He's a shining star of Superman, but he's the Boy Scout Superman. Henry Cavill, Cavill is uh, is real Superman. That's, I mean, if, if a being in this world that we live in could fly around in the sky and, and save everybody as much as he wants to, if, you know, in regards to his own personal being... But that's what it would be like, and, and Henry Cable is definitely uh, embodying that, and it's amazing. Yeah, I think he, he does a wonderful job. Um, I think some people might think his acting is a little too stiff. True. But he's also a British actor, and I've seen him in other performances, and I, mm-hmm. I can tell that the person that we see in Man of Steel is not Henry Cavill in real life. And like, there is a transition between who he is personally and then him as superman so i think he does a great job yeah switching into his clark kent superman persona oh, yeah absolutely um so yeah very down-to-earth individual right uh so in conclusion so how did we get to this film well basically warner brothers gathered a bunch of comic book writers mm-hmm. um among them were grant morrison 
Jeff Johns, Mark Wade, and a whole bunch of others, and they really wanted to solve this, how to reboot Superman. And with that, coming, like I said, coming off the success of The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. this is how we get it. So, uh, anything else for this minute? Yeah, I mean, just noting on, or uh, going with uh, your note on like uh, the comic book artists that they got on this movie. It's I, I found something really cool, and this is all on the Wikipedia page. I mean, you know, people probably could change it or whatever, but I thought this was kind of cool. Um, apparently, there was a quote from uh, Grant Morrison, who, by the way, is actually one of my favorite writers, and uh, you know, you can stone me as much as you want for that, but I, I love him. I think he's great. Um, uh, he just said. Um, about like su- yeah, creating the Man of Steel and, and pitching it to, to DC and Warner Brothers and everything and trying to reinvent him. Um, he said they needed to treat Superman Returns as Ang Lee's Hulk. And, uh, and it was like Incredible Hulk was proven to an audience that they would forgive you and they would let a reboot happen. And that's what Mark Wade said when they were both talking about it. So mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of just like shows that if you make it, I mean, obviously it sounds, you know, really elementary but if you make it good enough people are going to fucking love it and it's kind of what they did with this movie i mean in my mind it was i was blown away when i first saw this in theaters i think it was great i was excited and ready to forgive this film and i think what sold me was not seeing lex luther as the antagonist yeah i think absolutely i was like if you're gonna do reboot please don't start with Lex of course, Luther. of course. It's um, just too easy, and it's just like—I mean—that's just like the such like cat and mouse kind of uh, yeah. kind of deal. It's it's Superman versus Lex. Always, it, it, always, always. It sounds like when you, in my opinion, when you throw in Superman fighting off Lex Luthor, it's like I feel like no one tried to expand or tried to like. Okay, let's try to dive into what Superman's enemies are. Yeah. They're always like, oh, all right, he'll fight Lex Luthor. Yeah, because, I mean, it's always like a, I mean, unless it's General Zod, obviously, or Doomsday, it's, it's always someone that is a human that is on Earth, that is earthly beings around him, that knows the consequences of a human life that they could hold over his head. It's like, and that's always Lex Luthor. I mean, even with, uh, even with Zod, he came down and he quickly realized that he cared for the human populace. Maybe I should threaten them over him. You know what I mean? Because I think when whenever I see Lex Luthor as the main antagonist, I'm like, all right, we get it. Or I see, like, it's either Superman against Lex Luthor or Superman against Batman. You're just like, I get it. The world hates him. Yeah. We get it. Now let's see him, like, can we get past that part? Yeah. And, like, go, you know. Yeah. So, Change the record. Yeah, absolutely. So this movie definitely feels like a, fre- a breath of fresh air, but at the same time, you can watch this and, and feel secure and, like, Okay, mm-hmm. this is Superman. Absolutely. Like, this is... And to me, this is the... Like, if I had to introduce someone to Superman, this would be the first film I show them and not... An old film from not, the past or anything not the, like that? Not yeah. Superman the movie. I wouldn't show that movie. Yeah. Um, because I think Superman the movie is, like... This is Superman. Like, obviously... You, like, you have to understand that he's in tights. All right, he's fighting. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. This... If you... Well, I'm... I'm saying, like, if you want to introduce, like, someone who's, like, oh, I want to get into comics, like, I want to know about Superman, like, Absolutely. you want to know about Superman. And not just, movie, you know, he's some overpowered guy that yeah. can just throw one punch and knock out anybody, but, you know, he is, he is, if you want to get in the head of Superman, like, and, and know his yeah. his motives and his, he's and his a upbringing. Yeah. This is the movie. He's a, I think he's this a, is the he's movie. He's a being. He's not a human being, but he's a Kryptonian being that has a heart, that has a soul, that he has good intentions. He is the embodiment of hope. 
which is always what Superman has seen, even with Christopher Reeves and everything like that. He's always going up to the sun. He is, he is hope. But this was definitely a, a darker tone movie and a darker cry for hope in a world that really needed to look to the sky and, and see something coming back down. And it just changed their entire view of it all. Dude, I agree. Alrighty, anything else for this minute? I mean, I got some other notes here if you want to go. Really? Yeah, absolutely, man. I went to town. This is homework. Oh, shit. Um, so, I mean, like, there was another cool thing that I noted that um, when they were all pitching this movie, um, DC had, had actually already thought of plans to contain references to the existence of other superheroes, um, alluding to the possibility of a, of a further DC universe, like the expanding what we're getting now, actually with the other movies. Um, you're you talking know, about like Justice you're talking about like planting the seeds. Yeah, in Easter this eggs, film absolutely. And there's definitely yeah. other Easter eggs, I like know, the, the the Wayne the Wayne satellite. In, I read in space. the other week about a Booster Gold. Yeah, I you got that, that down, man. Yeah, I got I was that like, down. It's uh, what was it? Blaze I, Comics. That Booster was, Gold is. is I uh, I went from. back and tried to find that, and when I found it, I was like, "How did anyone see that?" And I and I honestly yeah. think someone that like like someone like Zack Snyder might have been like, "Yo, you want to see this Easter egg I threw in there?" Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, there was like no way you could find that because even if you screen cap it, it is so blurry by the time you're able to read it. Um. But no, yeah, it did plant the seeds, and I noticed um, when we watched these first couple of minutes, I noticed there are some there's some dialogue between or some dialogue with uh, General Zod mm-hmm. that I feel like alludes to his future actions yeah, in the cinematic we'll universe. Get, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get so to we'll that. get there. Um, I got another thing that um, before this, there was a bunch of directors that uh, DC had thrown around um, with Jeff Johns backing them and saying, mm-hmm. like, to, to pick them up. And, and I noted Ben Affleck was a part of one of them. And that's just awesome, in my opinion, because, I mean, he's he's amazing what he's doing yeah, with he's Batman. Yeah, like, he's a great and even director. And before Batman and all that stuff, like, just think him being a part of Man of Steel, especially in Dawn of Justice when they have his Batman scene in the Metropolis fight scene at the end, like just knowing that is just—it's just awesome. It's just cool that it's no wait. Did they want world? They like, wanted him to direct. They wanted him to direct. Okay, okay. Before yeah. Snyder was actually hired by them, he got hired in 2010, and this was all like in 2009 that they were talking about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I also noticed that uh, I read earlier that Gal Gadot was actually—they uh, wanted her to be Feora. Oh wow! But I think. Uh, think she was pregnant pregnant at the time so she was on she couldn't do it or something there was she turned it down but she later came back to do wonder woman yeah which is great i mean <laughs> great for her to yeah. be offered that especially yeah i, guess, also, I mean out. i got some like shooting notes here about like well you know stuff, uh, guillermo del toro is also you know, i think they wanted him to direct as well oh yeah he, he, i didn't turned, know that yeah he turned it down because mm. he was doing another film at the time pacific rim <laughs> Uh, two thousand. Right? They came out at the same time. Wait, no, this one. They came out at the same time. Did they really? Yeah, remember we? I think it was like a week apart of each other. We went to go see Pacific. Rim no way. Or, you know, vice versa. Yeah, Mike was there too. I always forget. Wow. You know, I feel like Pacific Rim came out like like. Wow, it came out four years ago instead of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I feel like Man of Steel came out a long time. Yeah, ago. it seems like that. I mean, I don't know if it's just because they feel like two years apart. Um, those films. I also, I also said I got some like shooting notes here, but I don't know if anybody wants to hear about that. It was really cool. I thought it was interesting because they, um, 
when they were going through all this and stuff and, and the development and production and everything like that, they wanted to make it feel almost documentary style. Mm-hmm. And uh, like all, they used all handheld devices for, for most of the shots, you know, over the shoulder and everything like that. So it made it seem all documentary style, which in my opinion, I love that. It puts me into the story. It, 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 it's not like there's a blatant narrator and I'm, and I'm watching it from a top view. You know what I mean? It's, I'm right there. It doesn't I'm feel like it. Doesn't feel like, it you're, uh, feel, doesn't feel like you're watching uh, Attack of the Clones where every shot is just kind of like a stale like, yeah, exactly. shot. It's exactly. like a wide shot. Exactly. I got you. No, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I think I wrote down as well, I didn't mention him earlier, but the cinematographer, who you can accredit that to, yeah. is Amir Makri. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, I think he works pretty close with Zack Snyder, but he's a cinematographer of this film, and he, he did a great job with setting up shots and the color palette that gets used in the film. Like, oh, yeah. The tone, so, yeah. Oh, man. That's so one of my favorites. It's one of those of it, unsung yeah. heroes of the film, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. I think that's all I got, man. That's all you got? Yeah. All righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If um, you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can follow us on all social media at DCEU Minute. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and check us out. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here, and we'll catch you guys on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.